Harness Racing, Victoria Wide. RSN 927 is Talking Trots. Hello and good morning. This wonderful Saturday morning. Is it that wonderful? It's pretty cold. I think summer has finally, uh, well, it's done and dusted, isn't it? It's all over. You would have thought all over Bar the Shanning. We've got a pretty warm Anzac day, but apart from that, it's deteriorated from there. But that's not going to stop us finding a few winners and also discussing what's happened in harness racing, particularly from a Victorian perspective. But we will be spreading the net a little bit wider than that. And my uh, normal uh, my normal accomplice, Blake Red, not with us, but a more than able repra- replacement here in uh, Michael Howard. Good morning to you, Mick. Yeah. Yeah, more than Bond, very kind. It's uh, good to be here on Easter. I'm just starting to feel a little bit fresh. My entire Easter was wiped out by a cold, yeah. so that was fantastic. But now I think I'm just starting to get over the hill. I um, I had a, a virus-type situation. It feels like everyone's had a different yeah. virus, which is the most concerning part of it. Some people... Well, I'm sorry, I know it's very early in the morning if you're eating your wheat bix but there's been that... Did you have the... the the vomity virus or just the, no, uh, just the head cold sort of situation? Really light, but just a... Significant chest, which just won't yeah. ease up. So that's awesome at night. Yeah, I've made sure to uh, continue uh, abusing my body to try and just make sure that it doesn't it doesn't get the rest that it so desperately needs, particularly after the Mildura Carnival and Warnable just around the corner as well. But um, we digress. Five points we learnt, and we've got five. But then we'll also discuss what happened yesterday with the Australian Pacing Gold Qualifiers at Tabcorp Park, Melton. But we'll start with San Carlo. Fantastic San makes it five country cups this term with an easy Warrigal win. Uh, wonderful video. I don't know how much you. I reckon you would have been you would have been behind it to some degree. The video that went up on socials of all the country cup wins for the season and yeah, look, Team of acceptance speech. Put my hand up for a little bit of it, but it was yeah. a team effort for sure. Craig Russell was the real mastermind, the, the talent guy, but um, and, and Nikita Ross, as always, is doing a, plenty of work on the ground. But it was good, wasn't it, to see that compilation? Yeah. Just the reminders of what a good season we have, especially given you know the negative talk that's been going around the country cups now for a while. Yeah, I, there's no doubt there's been some uh, displeasure, some outrage in some circles about the movement from uh, standing starts to mobile starts for all of the country cups. Of course, we have no standing starts for the paces in Victoria anymore. Uh, it was incredible the way that the season was dominated. I mean, Perspective obviously had a great season and went around in so many country cups, but how it was dominated by these two very good horses in Buster Brady and San Carlo. There are different stages in their career. San Carlo obviously came home with a rush, but we knew it was a little bit like the election coverage when you see a big swing late, but you know that it's not going to be enough because the numbers were in. The clubhouse leader, Buster Brady, wasn't going to get beaten. They are at different stages of their career, but they're both interesting horses because I think both of them have now been pigeonholed. Certainly San Carlo has been by many people as a really good country cup source who's never going to be anything more than that. I disagree, obviously, as most people know. Buster Brady, though, I think there's almost a feeling that that's, that's a great level for him, but I also reckon he can he can go a step further as well. So it's going to be an exciting 12 months for both horses. Yep, no doubt. Five wins each they yeah. in the end, which is 10 of the, the 25 cups in all. So that's significant. And even just to look at their point score, 27 and 26 points um, that they each scored, that's quite high historically yeah. from what we know from the last few seasons. So it does show that they were quite dominant throughout the course of the season. And in some ways that contributed to maybe a few favourites. But we also had this season, it was preferential draw to the money they've earned over the last four, which means Buster Brady and San Carlo, perhaps, and with respect to Shadow Sachs, who's a very good horse, it drew well last season. 
Buster Brady and San Carlo were continually, for this reason, coming from the back of the field yep. and still winning their races. They had to do it tough. San Carlo and Majora is a, a perfect example. So there were a lot of really, uh, yeah, San Carlo and Majora, a lot of really good examples of where these horses genuinely deserved it. And we saw some good races. Buster Brady at Horsham, certainly one of them. Yeah, uh, both big, strong, charismatic horses too. So hopefully they can go on with it because obviously that lends a little bit of credence and prestige to the Country Cup circuit. It's already got plenty, but that would be more. And in Buster Brady's case, of course, really good testing ground for Kima, but also Buster Brady itself, that we continue to see him make mistakes that he made on the grand stage yep. and pay the dear cost. The, no doubt the Country Cup circuit will help him iron maybe some of those out and he'll come back the horse he needs to be if he's going to be a grand circuit horse, of course, because he, he did have that trouble, especially cornering, didn't yeah. he? But he needs to sort out. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not sure how they're going to get that sorted. I've got a funny feeling, uh, even though he couldn't break through at Menangle this time around, that it's going to be uh, the circuit for him going forward. Kiwi Philly, Bell of the Bull in what looms as proper Australasian Oaks. Well, it's the Victorian Oaks, really, but it is an Australasian Oaks because the three key protagonists uh, that will go around at Tabcorp Park tonight, we'll discuss this race in a little bit more depth in the form uh, part of the show in the second half, but uh, Bell of Montana was absolutely sensational. I mean, for the uninitiated, 154.9, exceptional mile rate, made up about 20 metres in a sub-55 second final half. You do not go any better than that, pretty much. So we've seen our Princess Tiffany, and it was amazing the wraps that were being put on our Princess Tiffany is maybe the best filly we've seen in the last 20 years um, with She's All Rock and, and Dream About Me in that conversation as well, obviously. But I've got a funny feeling from what I saw the other night, and I reckon what we'll see at Tabcorp Park tonight, that Bell of Montana might be, if not every bit as good as our Princess Tiffany, they're not far away, and they're different types of horses. This filly has electric speed, which we saw last weekend. Yeah, it'll certainly be something to enjoy, won't it, if she, she puts the, every foot right tonight. She uh, she does look like a very special type, and Barry Purden doesn't bring him over unless he's really, really Correct. confident that he's going to pick one off. And they look, they got the barrier draw, which kind of makes it really difficult for the rest. It will be interesting, Bond. The big question, I guess, that still surrounds it is, does she definitely lead early, or does it get a little bit tricky for her, and therefore some of the others get maybe a look in? Sometimes you have a chat with a trainer or a driver, particularly a driver before a big race, and they've drawn one, and they talk tough because it's it's what you do. You try and uh, you try and scare your rivals off and say we're going to hold the lead at all costs, this, that, and the other. I spoke to Zachary Butcher during the week, and I've got absolutely no doubt in his mind, no bluff, no bluster that he believes that she will lead very, very comfortably. It was really interesting. I mean, I, I know it's. It's his life and his career, so he would remember these things. But immediately going back to our Maxim, Maxim in New Zealand, who led from gate one in the 2014 Victoria Derby when everybody thought he'd be crossed by horses like Let Us Firestar and Bling It On and how easily he led. Zach's definitely got those memories in the bank thinking to himself, gate one, I, I reckon all we need to do is hold them for the first 50, 60 metres. And this filly's got the acceleration, which we've seen at the end of her races that she'll be able to use at the start. And Anthony Butt once said to me, I always credit him with this quote, that all good horses have gate speed. Now, whether they use it all the time is one thing, but if you've got speed at the end of your races, in the middle of your races, you'll also have it at the start. So I don't know your thoughts, but I'm... I'm obscenely confident that she's going to be able to hold the front. Yeah, she's got toughness too. I had a really good chat actually with Chris Alford just yesterday because, uh, and we should absolutely have a chat about this, but if Puppet gets up somehow with Kualoa, who is um, a horse who is super as a two-year-old and who we both rate really highly, she's so extremely brave. It's going to be really difficult from the back row, but um, if he gets up, it'll be his 100th Group 1. Yeah. Achievement never achieved before in the Southern yep. Hemisphere by a harness racer driver. It's, it's 
it's going to be extraordinary. It's going to happen. It'll most likely, probably, if it doesn't happen tomorrow night, happen up in Queensland during the Australian Pacing Gold Final. So it adds a little bit more to this. It's something that we need to keep back in mind that we uh, appropriately shine a light on that when that happens and we see it for the big achievement it is. So Chris Alford, if Kulau wins, that's 100 Group 1s, which would be an amazing effort. Yep, and I reckon in jockeys, I can think of two off the top of my head. I know Jimmy Cassidy and Damien Oliver have done it, but I reckon there wouldn't be too many more. So um, cross-code, it would be a magnificent achievement. It will be a magnificent achievement because it will happen. Uh, barring a natural disaster, it just may not happen at Tabcorp Park tonight. So to answer your question that you led me in with, because it's from having a chat with Puppet, he thought, I put it to him, the five fifty six dollars quote around that mark, was that about right for cool lower? He thought that was probably about appropriate. He, yeah. he says it's on Bella Montana's racket, basically where he's drawn, which is the back row, and he's the best of our Victorian hopes. Where he's drawn, he'll he'll have to rely on others making a race of it so he can come out in the second quarter or something on those lines. Yep. Start to advance and uh, see what she, what uh, Kualoa can do, but most likely it'll be Bonnet, Bella Montana unless something bizarre happens. I think she'll get up to the breeze pretty easy. I think she'll finish place, but I, I don't think anybody can beat Bella Montana. Uh, we'll whip through these last three points and touch on the APG heats before we get into the form. JJ Dynamite and his brand new love bug bike. <laughs> this was James Herbertson. Uh, incredible chat again uh, last week I had with Stan Cameron Savannah JJ finally breaking through for what was an overdue success in a feature. Trot the Uncle Patrika, trot us free for all. Um, and only put the new bike on for the last few starts. So you sometimes think, what sort of disadvantage are some of the um, smaller boutique trainers at? And Savannah JJ was going around in the old bike before the last few starts and performing exceptionally well despite that. But I just think on the weekend, last weekend, it was, it was just a momentum that those newer bikes, those bigger bikes can give you that once you hit top gear, you can maintain your momentum for a little bit longer and it was really a devastating win in the end he's gone 155 flat so that's that's top notch I'm not saying Savannah JJ is going to go and be one of the top few trotters in the country but I tell you what he's had he's had a phenomenal preparation good race too it wasn't just a quiet free-for-all was it we saw Red, Red Hot Tooth, Tooth. McLovin how well has it been racing Maori Law returning so there were some really good horses that had to overcome and it brings to me that there is there's information in the trots that we probably should be including that we generally don't day to day I agree and gear and things along these lines there's certainly something that we should be having a conversation about because it can make a huge difference and we've seen it right there but I think you, you give punters information and they can do with it whatever they want but the whole point is here it is. You might think that a, a, a bike or a different type of cart might mean nothing, but then another punter does. So just give everyone all the information and they can do with it what they will. I'll rush through these last two points. Iceman brings these to cheer in Apple Isle Feature. That was, of course, a brilliant drive by Gavin Lang. He did speak post-race about the concept or the idea of bringing standing starts potentially back to Victoria at the higher level. That's going to continue to be a debate that, a debate that rages, you would have thought, um, Religion, politics and standing starts are things you're not allowed to discuss in Harness Racing World. And Elmer gets the buddy in Renshaw for the ages. Elmer's image is another one I reckon will be joining San Carlo up in Queensland for their carnival. Just want to quickly touch before we go on to the second half of the show, we'll be discussing the form for the 11 race program at Vicarna's headquarters tonight. Uh, you were part of the media team that uh, released, I guess, the first pieces of the puzzle in terms of the information. We've done a podcast previously about the new national uh, ratings-based handicapping system, but just a, a couple of the new details that scores will go live on Harness Web in in a couple of other forums or formats uh, starting May 1, so just around the corner. And for the next two months, performances from all horses will count towards the rating figure that they will ultimately carry into the new system when it 
goes live genuinely is implemented two months later. So uh, this is it hasn't snuck up on us. We've certainly seen it coming, but um, <clears throat> it really all starts on May one. Mm. Yeah, certainly. It's what people need to know is absolutely the game changes from July one, but from yep. May one you can really start monitoring it, and results will have impact from July one. So. It's uh, it, well, actually, sorry, the results from May 1 May will, one, will yeah. have impact and they'll be seen in effect from July 1. So you just need to stay tuned. Stay tuned to the channels. The conversation is going to keep happening. And that's one of the good things. And I think there's a lot of positivity out there about this handicapping because there's going to be a lot of conversation as this continues to adjust. It's not going to just be brought in July 1. That's it. That's all we've got. I think it's all understood that we're going to have to keep fine-tuning and talking and finding what works and what doesn't. And I think it's, there's just excitement that actually there's, there's a conversation to be had that everyone's part of that conversation. It'll be interesting to see how it transpires. And here is my advice to all trainers between May 1 and July 1. And this is not only, you know, towing the Harness Racing Victoria line to try and boost horse population. Race your horse, particularly if you think that the crossover score it's going to get from a C2 or a C3 into the new world is higher than you would like, the only way that you're going to get down to the figure that you think is more representative of where your horse is at, you've got to race your horse because you do lose points if you believe you're in a non-competitive realm right now. Then the further, the, the, the more often you race down the track, and I guess prove what you believe that your horse is not is not competitive where it is right now, the less points it will have when the system actually becomes implemented on July 1. So race your horse, um, get it out there. I, I, look, I'm not saying don't troll, don't, don't troll, but don't tuck your horse away. This is an opportunity to begin to try and get your horse on the mark that you believe it should be in when this, uh, when this new rating space handicapping system goes completely live on July 1. Right, that's the first half of the show done and dusted. Um, just before we do knock it off, actually, I'll give a few drivers of uh, a few uh, runs of the week and also a driver of the week. The Baker boy loves to take care of this, but I'll take care of it today. Bella Montana's an easy one. Magnificent performance. I spoke about it before, making up 20 metres or more in a sub-55 second last half last Saturday night. Explicit Castle was interesting. I don't know if you caught this one at Geelong. Andy Gath has got a really good record with horses on the 24 or 48-hour backup. Caribbean Blaster was two for two on the 48-hour backup. Explicit Castle went from Bendigo straight to Geelong, I reckon, and got the win. So that's a great training performance to back the horse up after 24 hours. And Be Happy Mac uh, also um, getting the job done in the APG qualifiers. And there were a few of those yesterday, Michael, and they were absolutely dominated by Emma Stewart and Chris Alford. But there were some... Some surprises. Yeah, certainly not an exaggeration when you say absolutely dominated because they went from four from four, which was um, really quite something. But as you say, it wasn't always the favourite that got the chocolates in, in, I think, two cases especially. was the second Emma Stewart runner, at least by the market, which got up always in Chris Alford's hand. Lightning Lana beat Treasure in the uh, second of the Phillies heats. And then it was, let me just see... I reckon it was, B, was it Be Happy Mac the next one or not? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Be Happy Mac who got the honours. And then it was Miragon who was the Emma Stewart runner, both which uh, galloped and made some mistakes under a little bit of pressure. So it, w- it was interesting, but at the same time, it was a familiar story seeing Emma Stewart and Chris Alford so prominent in that one. And that, again, 
brings us back to the fact that Chris Alford's just put several more horses, very talented horses, who are going straight to the APG final, which is a Group 1 and an opportunity for him to get that 100th. It's certainly going to make things a little bit more interesting because sometimes, not always, but the APG can be a little bit of a fait accompli if you feel you know who the best horses are. But uh, the cat has been set among the pigeons with what happened at Victorian Harness Headquarters yesterday. We're going back to Victorian Harness Headquarters tonight for an 11 race program. And after we take a short sabbatical, McHale's going to help me work out all the winners for those races at Tabcorp Park tonight. It's how we roll. RSN 927 is talking trots. Beautiful. Is that very long, Phil? 15.40. Okay, we've got about 10. Yeah, so um, I've never heard you do it in 10 minutes before, so good luck. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll do it in 10, guaranteed, Phil. You, you, you know how to get me. It's like Back to the Future when you call Michael J. Fox chicken here. That's you, right. you, know, you know how to get and me. you calling me. You... <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, okay, that's ready to go. So if you want to pick up, Mick, off the back of this. Yep. All right, come up in about five seconds. The Weekend Review, The Weekend Preview. RSN 927 is talking trots. Okay, Bond, the spotlight is on you. We're going to Tabcorp Park, Melton, for racing tonight. We're going to flick through these in uh, about a minute of pop. Let's start off with race one, the DNR Logistics Pace. It's on at 5.27pm. Uh, Metropolitan Maiden Affair, 4.29.11 for me, Mick. Jean-Luc actually... Well, it's come up about the, the right price, I reckon. It's around the $2.40, $2.50 mark. He's a horse that, despite his, the fact that he's got a really strong figure form line, he does mix his very best efforts and those just below his very best efforts a little bit. He's got the gate speed to cross these, though, and once he gets to the top, he is the horse to beat the races on his racket. We've used that phrase a little bit earlier in the show. I've thrown him for second, better be the bomb. He has actually come up shorter than I expected. The critical key for him is to try and cross the pole marker at the start. If he does that, Jack Law can potentially try and lead, but more likely take a trail behind Jean-Luc, and he'll go very close. And the other critical runners, I thought, were Kerford Road, who's going to be in a little bit of the hands of the gods here, having to follow through from what will be inside the second row with the likely removal of emergency Dan Man And Albert Knuckle, who I was originally disappointed in last week when beaten by the charging mower after leading, but the, la- the closing sectionals were exceptional. So uh, dropping in great here. She can do a little bit of work from the second line draw as long as the tempo suits. 4, 2, 9 and 11 in race 1. A trot is race 2 at 5.59pm. It's the Nyota Bloodstock Trot for TMO the TM1. This will be my first straight-out bet on good form. The win at his War Spirit Breeders' Crown winner uh, earlier in his career. He hasn't fulfilled his potential, it's fair to say, but I love the map here. Andrew's going to get crossed by No Republic. No Republic will then be happy, I think, to hand up to somebody else. Now, who will get there first, War Spirit or Carnera? I'm hoping it will be War Spirit, and I'm confident it will be. And once Kate Gath knocks on the door, I think she will be getting the front. This horse had little luck first up from a break and was uh, was everything you really wanted to see from War Spirit. I think if he's able to lead here, and I don't see a lot of pressure in the race once he finds the front, then War Spirit should be winning. I think around 2.8 is generous enough. I marked uh, him significantly shorter at 2.2. Andrew's been flying. She's a wonderful mare, back in really good form, fourth at free-for-all level in the Uncle Patrika last week. No Republic goes in for 30. Always finds, or generally, finds one or two better than he is but you wouldn't want to leave him out that's a critical way to play the race five to beat one and two and then if you want to play a touch wider for trifectas nine dynamic legacies better than recent efforts would indicate carnetta even uh, imperial whiz can all go in the mix but it's a race in three primarily and i do think war spirit will win five one two and nine 
The Delray National Pace Final is race three at 6.33pm. It's a C1 for those four-year-old and older. Uh, don't love this race. I'm going with 10, 11, 6 and 12. So those preferentially drawn off the second row, the class factor should dominate. Heaven and Loxley should have won last start. I don't, you know, I think... Uh, the fact the horse hung into the straight, I don't think helped Beck Bartley in any way, shape, or form. He's a pretty promising customer, though, and I do think if he gets a clear crack at them here and they run along early, and I think they will, then Heaven in Loxley's the one to beat. He's going to come up too short for my blood, unfortunately, though. I would have thought around that 250 mark. Um, critical dangers here for those playing early quarters. Loungeard and Better Bopper were the two qualification winners. I think Better Bopper's a really nice price. Loungeart's versatile enough to overcome the second line draw with a perfect trip from Zach Phillips. And I've thrown in Best of Beauty, of course, you have to. He was a dollar eighty, or it was a dollar eighty in its qualifier. It didn't go great there, but uh, you don't turn up a dollar eighty for the qualifier unless um, you know you've got the form behind you from uh, from previous performances. So Best of Beauty can improve here, and I reckon there your four critical winning chances would be surprised if anything else saluted ten, eleven, six, and twelve in the third. And the early quality will finish off with the Allied Express claiming uh, pace at 7 o'clock. had a really good discussion yesterday at work about claiming races in the new world and whether well, they're not going to be, they're not, they won't be running races. But anyway, uh, 3, 8, 5 and 7 here. Every horse apart from with Gusto is going to go back at the start. So with Gusto, she's going to roll forward. And once he finds the front, I just think they'll be able to dictate terms here. Snooze Spinozio takes the steer. Uh yeah, he's a, he's an interesting horse because I don't think he's getting he's certainly getting no better at this late stage of his career. But I've just got a funny feeling everything's going to suit here. But there's many dangers if you want to take him on. Second major was second at Metropolitan level behind B major threat last start, so it has to be in the mix back in a claiming grade. Uh, five Arthur Lowe actually defeated. Uh, with Gusto a couple of starts back and loves this grade of race. Winger to Eju, still got the speed in his legs, but he's often driven really conservatively. Gate 7 won't help. Our arrive Ho in a similar boat. So be interesting to see the way the race is run. I've just got a funny feeling they're going to play into the hands of with Gusto. I've got him on top 3, 8, 5 and 7. Uh, plenty of discussion in the office throughout the course of the week about the first leg of the quaddy, the Captain Sandy, Captain Sandy free-for-all. It's race five at 7.30pm, and Lilac Flash looks like it's going to start a pretty short favourite bond and a bit too short for yours, I think. Yeah, I, I asked a couple of uh, compadres in the office here to frame their own markets after I framed my own. It was great to see three very, very different markets, and the, and the real market's different again. I uh, There's been good support for Jilliby Bandit. The way I see this race being run, Lucky Lombard will cross the pole marker. Will he try and keep the lead? There's probably a 30% chance he will. I reckon it's more likely if Jillaby Bennett and Jason Lee get aggressive that they'll be able to pop the questions of Lucky Lombo and Lucky Lombo will relent. If Jillaby Bennett finds himself in front, and as I just said, I believe he will, I think he's definitely the one to beat. Uh, impressive winner of the Smooth Satin Cup. Three starts back. Really good in 151.6 last time out. When defeated by Lilac Flash, who got all the favours late. She's a dynamic little mare from Queensland, Lilac Flash. I just think for over the short course trip here, she got the peg trip last time. She'll be one off the fence here and doesn't have great gate speed. It is really hard to win over 1,720 metres at Melton at this level if you get back and you're one off the fence. But like I say, she's devastatingly quick. Audi has been disrespected by early markets, and I'm a little bit worried about that, but we know what a good short course horse he is, and if given the opportunity, he'll be flashing at them late first up from a break. And lucky Lombo purely for the fact that he'll either be leader or behind leader in transit. So it is an intriguing sort of a race. Lilac flash way too short for me, going with Jilliby Bandit on top three, four, eight, and two. We're on the eve of the Mayor's Triple Crown, of course, which dominates much of May racing. And our step-up was really impressive up in Mildura. She steps out in the six, which is the tab multiplier pace. Three-horse race. She'll lead our step-up and lead very easily. Then the pressure will be brought to bear, I reckon, from Shadow Rain. They will go to war. And the only other horse that can run them down is 
V-Rock. Now, the tempo is going to be everything here. If our, our step-up controls the race, she'll win. She was wonderful through that tender print Australia Cup series in Mildura. If Shadow Rain, if Gavin Lane gets it exactly right, which he so often does, he might just be able to outstay our step up, and if they both go to war too early, then they'll set the race up for V-Rock. They're the only three you need in the quarter. Don't worry about staggering anything else. Four over six and 11. I've thrown Keller Brindle in for fourth, the pole marker, who's due to improve improve third up from a break. But like I say, you can pretty much, you can nearly box the trifecta, in my opinion. Four, six, 11, and one in race six. Uh, race seven at 8.30 p.m. is the big one. It's the headliner. It's $150,000 Lazarus Victoria Oaks final bond. We've talked about this at length already, but can anything get Bella Montana beaten? I, I don't think so. Well, the only thing is if she gets crossed and somehow gets buried. Zachary Butch is one of the best drivers in Australasia. I think even if he does get crossed on Bella Montana, he'll get off the inside and from there he still wins the race so Bella Montana wins but it's a genuine $4, $10 shot if she does lead as expected so I think we're getting around a $1.40 still which is good enough for me I reckon. Bella Montana one out in all quaddies over 11 Kualoa who's strong enough and brave enough. She'll get to the breeze relatively comfortably and once she gets there I just think she won't have to do anything special or anything more special than we've seen of her to run second or third. So she's a great rover for second and third in your trifectas behind Bella Montana. Other critical runners, smart as can be the Queenslander. I think she'll be driven conservatively to use her speed. Miss Streisand, who was wonderful finishing second in that fast mile rate behind Bella Montana in a qualifier for the series. And then two times better, although just a word of warning with two times better. She has gotten off the inside and not trailed through particularly well from second-line draws in the past inside the second row three times, and she's never held the leaders back. Sometimes it's been by design, but it is a little bit worrying if you've just mapped her just to follow through and get that perfect run. One eleven six and 5 in the feature, Mick. Thanks, Bon. That's a good tip, because I did like three, two times better just at that little place. I thought three bucks, if you get that, you'd be pretty yeah. happy, but maybe not. Well, as I say, you give the information and then you can make up your own mind from there. Empire Stallions Vic Bread Platinum Mare Sprint Championship is the uh, eighth race. It's at 9 o'clock. It's a Group 3 worth $40,000. I like this race because this is actually seeing some mares who have been on the circuit for a long time. They've won a, on Country Cup Day generally and they get to run for $40,000. I love these races and I just love short course races where you've got massive class differentials. This is C1 to C5. Generally speaking, in these races, the best horse wins. Angel of Arts is the best horse. She's not favourite. Beautiful. We get involved. Uh, the other one I do like uh, from a betting perspective in the race is Love You Bay because I've mapped her to comfortably get across and find the front, and she's a very good horse at the head of affairs. The favourite, a dominant favourite right throughout betting, has been Rock and Roll Pearl. Big risk for mine. I'm throwing it in the quaddy, but a big risk and a ridiculous price, in my opinion. So 11, 5, and 3, and that's where the race ends. I reckon Trinity Dreaming from a better draw would have been a chance. But I just think gate 8, where do you get to from there? I think it's going to make life very hard. The puppet is flying, of course, but it'll take a pearler from him to get the job done. Backing both 11 and 5 in the final of the night's features, 11, 5, 3, and 8, my numbers. Do you want to run through your quad? Uh, yep, the quality just, is just like this. 3, 4 and 8 in the first league, 4, 6 and 11 in the second league, 1 only in the Oaks and 3, 5 and 11 in the final league. So 27 bucks for 100%. Race 9 is the Swift Science Trot, a T1 to T2. I'll fly through these. 9, 5, 8 and 4, my numbers. Lucinda Max flying. I reckon she's the one to beat. Moonlight Dream's the best horse in the race, but not racing at her best. Should lead, though, and give Cheek. Prusian and more in the mix. And Auntie Poppy, massive driver change with Chris Alpha taking the reins. 9, 5, 8 and 4. The Elder Baron Park, Vic Bread, Platinum 
Country Series K final is for four-year-old and older trotting mares. Uh, four Walls is a home field winner in the past. Two for two this preparation. Works around and probably finds a lead mid-race. And from there, that will be the end of the penny section. I still think Aleppo uh, Jewel's a class runner. So I've thrown her in for second. At a price, straight at the drum, Tuscan Dawn goes in for third. And Lexington Queen is a trotter of the future as well. This is a good race. 10, 12, 9 and 3, my number's there. And the get-out is the Swept's three-year-old trot for three, three years old. 3TO the 3T2. Yeah, I'm, look, I, don't, I rarely say don't bet in a race. I'm not, I won't be playing in here unless something wonderful or terrible has happened. 7, 5, 6 and 8 here going with Don't Touch the Duco on top. But Montpellier all cashed up. have both got plenty of ability. And at a price, St. Germain might be worth throwing in as well. My number's in the final event. Mix 7, 5, 6 and 8. Fantastic, Bon. Really enjoyed uh, having you on the show. I might just tell Blake, don't worry about coming back. No, you can come back, Bakes. Hopefully you're listening, mate. Really enjoyed going through the news of the week and also the form for tonight. Hopefully we can find a winner for you at Tabcourt Park. There's Talking Trots for another day. I'll be back on RSN in a couple of hours with Race Day Morning. The Weekend Review. The Weekend Preview. RSN 927 is Talking Trots.